here we go. Oh, thank God we finally got this going. Welcome to the first official episode of the Chef Kitchen Podcast, hosted by your truly Seth Thorpe, aka Chef Seth, and I'm so happy I finally got this going. Honestly, when I wanted to get this started initially back in August, I didn't believe I'd be able to, mainly because I just didn't think I've had the time because of school. I'm a senior in high school, uh, gonna head into college after this semester once I graduate. But I thought I was gonna go into college and just have more time, but I kind of realized that there's no point in waiting. So here we are. So you may be wondering as you stumbled upon this podcast, maybe you listened to a couple in the future by now, and you come back to this one to see where it really begun. What is this podcast about? Well, the Chef Kitchen podcast is essentially a basketball podcast where I go over stuff that's going around in the world. And that's kind of how we start. But eventually, as we go along into the episode, I plan to divulge into different topics. But really stay in that range of NBA basketball, hoops talk, and everything in between that falls in that realm. I am a Pacers fan. So you already know I'm in pain right now, kind of adjusting my mic, trying to get a good level. Not to hear my voice, but just like looking at it. It feels kind of weird, kind of claustrophobic how close the mic is, but I'm used to it at the same time. So we're making it work. Uh, What else do we got? Okay, yes, this podcast is a basketball podcast. We talk about everything hoops, and really, we're here to build a community. That's kind of the goal I'm going for with the podcast is that not only am I going to be able to talk about my favorite sport, but really just start cultivating a community and a bunch of people who like think like me, who want to be like me, and are just like nice, genuine people who like basketball. So that's kind of my whole point with doing this. And uh, we have some goals for the podcast. Um, Just want to get to about 10 to 20 listeners by the end of the month. I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to be able to do that because February is a shorter month and I only plan on doing weekly episodes. But if I can manage to do that, not only with uh, pushing on social media and all that, but also just natural viewers from our chef's feed and everything, I should be good on that end. And with that, let's get into our first topic. It's going to be a big one. We're going to talk about the trade rumors that have been going on recently. And we've got a lot, actually, to cover. Like, you would think that... There wouldn't be too much going on, but just like every trade deadline, there's always something going. And the, let's actually talk about the first trade that's actually happened uh, that had any significance. The Trailblazers and the Clippers made a trade where the Trailblazers traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers. And the Clippers gave back in return Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, uh, Keon Johnson, and a second round pick. And that second round pick of the 2025 Pistons pick, which in a couple years may be like a high second round pick. So it might be a first. But either way, it's a very low overall pick. And my first thought was, wow, they basically traded Gary Trent for Eric Bliss. So that, that's terrible. But at the same time, it's it made sense why they did the move at the time when they did it for Norman Powell. Because Gary Trent, he's going to be a free agent. They had to pay him. And he was expecting around the money that Norman Powell was going to make, right? About 16, 18 million. That's about what he got paid. And so the Blazers were like, we don't want to develop him. We'd rather ship him off and get a player who better suits Dame and CJ. 
because they were thinking that we're going to keep competing for high playoff spots and we're going to push for a championship. Well, reality is a cold asshole, and now the Blazers are barely in the play-in. As the last time I checked, let me uh, check real quick. They were, yes, they are the 10th seed right now, 21 and 31. And the Pelicans, Spurs, and Kings are right behind them with about one to two wins in between them. And my question is, I don't know what Portland's going to do now. I mean, with the emergence of Anthony Simons, it's looking really good. So at least you have that. You have something. Because if Dane would have got injured and Anthony didn't take off and it showed that Anthony's hype wasn't there like it was, then they would be fucked. Because simply, there's just nothing. I mean, you have these picks, but as long as you have Damon CJ around, they're good enough. Those two alone are good enough to get you into, like, playoff range. But they aren't going to elevate you to a title contention like you've always hoped. So now we're stuck in this place to where, what are the Blazers going to do? And a lot of reports are coming out the Blazers are going to blow it up. Which is odd because they want to pay Damian Lillard his $100 million contract extension despite him not having that very good of a year and being injured. So it's a weird place they're in right now. But with that, that also transitioned into the Pelicans because the Pelicans have been in heavy talks for CJ McCollum to be the veteran guard next to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson whenever he returned back from injuries. And honestly, the Pelicans have been in a lot of talks as it has been of lately. From what I've seen, the Pelicans are talking Josh Hart's gone. Uh, they want to get rid of him. They've been, just been heavy in the market overall trying to see what they can trade. And I think if they can land as TJ, as of right now, if they can get that and add that on top of Jonas and Brandon Ingram when they're healthy and then eventually Zion if he comes back this season, I won't see how the Pelicans can't get a play-in spot unless they just really mess this one up. But as as they are playing right now at 20 and 32, I believe they can at least make a push. But... If they don't have Zion, I don't know what they're going to do. And that really makes you question. It's like, you drafted him first overall. He's having weight issues. He's having injury issues. And I'm going to give Zion... And I am a big Zion supporter. I give him a pass on everything. And I want him to succeed. And when people talk about his weight and all that, I'm like, dude, just give him a chance. Let him be healthy for one more year. Because the last year he was healthy, where he played about like 60-something games, he averaged like 27 points on 60% shooting which is ridiculous for not only a second year player just a player in general considering all his shots are coming around the rim or at least like very close in the paint so Zion is definitely the better player when healthy it's just a matter of can he be healthy you can't really know and so now you see John Moran the second overall pick of that same draft class just going crazy with the Grizzlies at 36 and 18 and it really makes you wonder, like, did the Pelicans make the right decision? And, yeah, they still made the right decision. Because Zion, when he's healthy, is probably about the same level Jaw is at. It just happened some unfortunate circumstances. I'm not going to say a Greg Oden yet. But at this rate, we might be heading down that path, sadly. And it might just be a relapse of Greg Oden, KD, and now it's Zion, John Morant. Weird enough, ain't it? And speaking of KD, that will transition us into the Brooklyn Nets. That fucking shit show of a team. Wow. 
heading into this season, uh, even with the Kyrie Irving not being able to play because of the whole vaccination problem, we still expected the Nets to be really good. You have James Harden, you have Kevin Durant, you're still thinking that, okay, these two players are top 10 players and arguably the best at their position. And with a decent team we had, almost being the Bucks who won the championship last year, I am. we are more than confident we can take over the East and go crazy, right? Wrong. The Nets are currently the sixth seed right now, sitting at 29-23. They are struggling to stay healthy, not only Harden. No, Harden's been healthy. It's really Kevin Durant who's been struggling with injuries this season, but when he's when he is healthy, he is the reason why this team is even above 500. If KD's not playing, then this team is a struggle bus, bus for sure. I mean, because when you build a big three team, you go all in. And the Nets, they made the right decision. They went all in. They traded Karis LeVert. They traded Jared Allen. And it, and they got hardened. You make that decision 10 times out of 10. It's just something you can't foresee. You can't foresee a pandemic. You can't foresee a player drastically dropping off in production and effort like how James Harden has. Or you can't foresee Kevin Durant getting injured like that. You can't foresee that. Because one of the two players on the court, they've only played 16 games, but they are relatively successful. And when I saw the Celtics series last season, that team was scary. I literally watched them. I watched Kyrie Irving come down, take a three. KD come down, take a three. And Harden come down, take a three. All three of them went in just fucking toying with the Celtics like they were just little children. And you just really need to think like, okay, this team is legit if they can stay healthy together, but they just can't. So that's not even a reality at this point. Kyrie is a part-time player. He's not playing home games. And he had, and this year he can opt out of his contract if he still doesn't want to get the vaccine. He can easily opt out and go sign with another team that does not have these vaccine requirements. James Harden is now in trade talks apparently with uh, the Sixers for Ben Simmons because the Sixers are already going to try to target James Harden in the offseason. And if the Nets already having problems with him, they already might, they say might as well try to get Ben Simmons out of this. And maybe some more assets. But the difficulty is. What assets are the Sixers willing to give up. Besides Ben Simmons. Because. If you. If you're for, if you're on Philly side. You're Daryl Moore. You're thinking okay. I have a multi. I have a multi all-star. Uh, first team NBA defense. And one of the best playmakers in the league. At a 6'10-6'11 point guard. And while he can't shoot. He's still one of the best players. in On the fast break. And one of the best front court players in the league when he's actually playing. The problem is, he just doesn't fit with the Sixers. So now we're in the predicament to where teams are trying to devalue the whole drama that's happened with Ben Simmons after the Hawks series. And now like trying to get less value. But Daryl Morty is not playing that game. He wants what he thinks is the value of Ben Simmons. And so far, he hasn't got a trade yet. But if this turns out how it may go, where Harden... It getting shipped to Philly, Ben goes to Brooklyn, then good, good stuff there, Amori. I can't even imagine, like, how you would feel after all these months of getting pressure to trade Ben Simmons for, like, Pascal Siakam or Jeremy Grant or, like, you know, some good player, you know, good player, maybe all-star, maybe not, not 
But then you get a star, a superstar out of Harden. You know, he hasn't been playing up to the standard he'd used to. But I imagine new scenery in Philly. A new teammate in Joel Embiid. And less drama around the organization. Then you really have something solid that you can work for. And you can make the argument like, oh, Doc River and James Harden. That's just going to choke on the same team. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. That would be pretty funny if they just choked. But... I don't know how that team is going to lose when you have Harden and Embiid, especially with how Embiid's been playing. Just the question is, do they give up Tyrese Maxey? Do they give up Matisse Thybulle? Are they willing to make that transition in order to get James Harden? Because they've been really great players for the Sixers this year. But as it stands right now, Sixers only is fifth seed. Keep in mind, the East is very close. Uh, there are only two games within the first seed. But nobody takes them serious at contenders. With what they have right now, which is Maxi, Thibault, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, all those players. They don't take that serious as a contender. A playoff team you don't want to see, sure. But a contender, no. So my question is, how much does Daryl Morey see Harden as an upgrade to get a championship over having someone like Maxi, who may develop into a superstar in the next couple of years, which I believe he can. I believe Maxi very well could develop into an all-star in like two, three years. And Matias Thibault is going to be a great all-NBA player, like a former Sixer, or all-NBA defender, like Bobby Jones. And that's the role I can see Matias Thibault playing. The, but like I said, does Daryl Morey value that, or does he value the potential that James Harden had to push this team to a championship? Those are the questions you have to answer the GM. What are you willing to sacrifice? And... That's why they get paid the big bucks and not me because I don't want to make any of those decisions. I'd rather sit home and do this. <laughs> but uh, speaking of a former Brooklyn guard, Karis Avert, 42 points last night, upping a trade value. Perfect. Thank you. I like Karis Avert. I wanted him to be an all-star this year. I thought he was a great player for the Pacers when they uh, traded for him. I thought it was a great, even though I you know I love Old Depot, but... He just wasn't the same after the quad injury, and I think it was his time to go. And so now with him dropping that points and the Pacers running two first-round picks for him, which is a lot, which is a lot, but I believe Karis Levert is worth those two first-round picks. And now I'm seeing trade rumors that the Cavs are looking to make something happen and that many other teams are shopping and throwing in their offers for Levert. And I'm really thinking, like, okay, is Herb Simons actually going to trade somebody? Is he going to let this team get blown up? Because I know he's like, oh, the fans want to see something. No, the fans don't want to see this. The fans don't want to see us losing every night in close games where we build a fourth quarter lead every time. The fans don't want to see a team that's 19 and 35 and half our players are in and out with injuries. And even if they were all healthy, we have next to no shot at winning a championship with the talent in the division. So I want to know... If Karis Avert is gone, who would next? Because players like Miles Turner are on the, on the target of the Raptors. He's on the target of many NBA teams who would love to have a 3 and D center like Miles, who can give you great production and all that. And then also we have Sabonis, one of the best contracts in the league for his production as an all-star. Wasn't this year. We'll get into that. But he has done, he's still done an amazing job when he is healthy. And finally, just a couple more things I want to touch on. Jeremy Grant, uh, 
not too many rumors on him, honestly. Uh, I've seen a couple sources saying he might go to Utah, uh, might go to the Clippers, uh, might go to blah, 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 any, any, any contending team. I might just throw a first-round pick and a decent role player in for him. And I can definitely see that happening. It's just a matter of uh, does he actually want to go to the team because I remember his management came out to the Pistons and gave a list of what teams he would like to be traded to because Jeremy Grant, he doesn't want to just take a step back into a Denver role where he's like the fifth option again and nobody really cares for him. He's just there to play defense and hit a corner three. No, he wants to be a part of the offense and actually get something going. So I respect that. At least he knows what he wants. Just a matter of what team is willing to give him that uh that opportunity because going to the Pistons was definitely a risk he took and it was a good one indeed. And finally just gonna mention the Lakers. Do something. I don't I don't know. Do something. You uh you got what you got Westbrook. That was kind of a I'm not going to say it was a bad trade yet because we haven't seen the rest of the season play out. We're kind of reaching this part of the season where Westbrook is the best player of all time until playoffs. But until we get to that point in the playoff, we're going to have to just wait and see how the trade plays out. LeBron's out with injuries right now. AD just came back, and so they're getting used to it. They just took a loss to the Clippers the other night. But I'm willing to bet that the Lakers are going to be just fine. No one's going to want to meet them in the playoffs. I know they're only 25. 28 right now, but that's only three games behind the Nuggets, who have a way worse roster being, I mean, being backpacked, like, Jokic just took every single player in the organization, every single staff, every single worker, even the person who cleaned the bathroom, he put them all in his Serbian backpack and just started chugging up the mountain of the NBA, and I mean, he's doing a great job at it, but with that, I imagine it's going to slow down eventually, and LA's going to catch heat, pick near the end of the season, and start chopping at some of the teams like the Clippers and the T-Wolves, who you can argue shouldn't even be in the playoffs, and really making a good push at getting a playoff spot and not have to fight the play-in. But now, with all of that done, I think we go into our uh, second topic. And I just want to talk about the All-Stars and what I think about them. Honestly, I didn't have too much of a problem. You know, I had the jokes about Andrew Wiggins being a starter. I thought that was pretty funny, but... For the most part, I necessarily didn't really care. I, I thought it was weird that there were no centers or, like, no bigs for the East All-Star team. And that's why it's kind of weird to have the whole front court situation going on. Where it's like, yeah, you can have a bunch of forwards and no centers, even though the players are kind of more guards-ish. So... Uh, they're gonna, I mean, it's an all-star game. Kevin Durant, he's out with injuries. There's a good chance he doesn't play in the game. And so they're looking for replacements. Uh, Draymond said he's not gonna play in on the West. So they're looking for a replacement for him as well. Any snubs in my mind? Uh, really just Deontay Murray and Jarrett Allen are my two most notable snubs in my opinion. Uh, uh someone like Sabonis, who'd been good this season when he'd been healthy, has just been not only haven't had the record, but just hasn't been healthy. So I'll, I'll I understand that. But Jared Allen, Cavs are the fourth seed off of the back. No, they're the third seed at 32 and 21, right above the Milwaukee Bucks with the same record. I think they just have the they have the tiebreaker at home. And what and with the Cavs, that's what I was trying to think. With the Cavs, the Cavs are so interesting because no one saw this coming. 
you could have said they're making a push for the playoffs, you know, about like 9, 10, maybe 8. And you would have been like, all right, I can respect that. You got Evan Mobley, that's cool. But not the third seed, no. No one saw that coming. And especially with how unorthodox they've been. They lost Colin Sexton to injuries. They lost Ricky Rubio to injuries. But even with all of that, they've just been pushing through and winning games. I mean, they're they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're winning all of them a good amount. And they still have people coming in now with injuries. They've been starting Dean Wade at small for it, for crying out loud. Who would have saw the 2K legend Dean Wade starting, starting at small forward for a legit playoff team? Who would have known? But, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about the all-star announcements. Uh, replacement, just put Jared Allen in, put Deontay Murray in, just make something happen. And I think we had a pretty good all-star selection this year. But then, the Pacers... So, like I said, I'm a Pacers fan. All transparency. I've been a Pacers fan since I started watching the NBA my 7th, 8th grade year. And I never really knew too much about them. I just, or whenever Paul George last year was, it was heading into the offseason. We lost to the Cavs in the first round. Watched them sweep the playoffs until they got to the finals versus, versus the Warriors. And when that happened, that was just... Then after, yeah, after the Warriors basically swept the Cavs, Paul George was like, "I want out," and I said, "Oh fuck, he wants out." Oh, not PG, not PG. And so PG gets traded for at the time what we thought was a bag of chips and a can of tuna in Oladipo and Sabonis. Isn't that funny how that turned out? But uh. So, but after that, the Pacers played really good, and I would really love to watch Old Depot hit a few game winners. You'd love to see it. And then we go into the playoffs, and I'm in love. I'm watching the team fight. I'm just heartbroken by LeBron game winner in game five. Uh, was it game five? Game five or game six? Whatever game it was, LeBron hit the game winner, broke my heart. And ever since the Cavs beat us in seven in that first round series, it's just been downhill from here. I really don't know what to say. It's just Oladipo with the quad injury. TJ Warren keeps getting hurt. We can't make any good. We can't make any big swings. I mean, it's Indiana. What big free agents want to come to Indianapolis? If you're not playing alongside a star like Paul George, what big stars really, if they have the choice and they have the chance why would they come to Indiana and so now it's like okay we have the players and all the players are good players if they were like the second third option on an even better team individually that team is probably going to win a championship but each of these players are like not good enough to elevate each other to win anything significant even if they can stay healthy so like players like Brogdon players like Karis Avert players like Sabonis players like Miles Turner they are great players, but they can't be the first, second option on a championship team. Maybe Sabonis? No, definitely not Sabonis. Sabonis be like a third option. But these teams can be amazing. These players can be amazing on different teams, just not here in Indiana. And so now I've noticed is like, okay, we need to blow this up before we just end up losing value on these players and we're, you know, we're stuck with a bad deck and we don't get anything for them. And I hope that's the route we're going.
let me look. So trades, I've if it was up to me, if I was uh Kevin Pritchard and I and Herb Simon just tomorrow gives me the green light, and he said, you know what, blow it up, trade everybody. I am getting everybody out of there. The only people who are safe are Chris Duarte and whatever the, the last few games we've been rolling out role players. Let me look. Uh, let me see what that starting lineup was. I know it's like Dwayne Washington Jr. is in it. What is it? Yeah, Dwayne Washington Jr., Lance Stevenson, Shea Brissett. I, I mean, that team is going to win zero games. That team is going to win zero. Oh, Terry Taylor also. That team's going to win like maybe two, five games in the season, but it's going to be so much better than just having faith, false hope and being stuck in mediocrity. And at least we can get a good pick this year. But uh, in reality, we're not going to have that happen. I imagine Sabonis stays at the deadline. I don't think there's any chance he gets traded right now. I think they're going to wait till the offseason to even look at options and see if anyone else becomes available. Miles Turner may be gone. Karis LeVert is more than likely going to be gone if they can get the right value. Brogdon is going to stay until the summer when they can trade him. They might just package Brogdon and Sabonis together, which if they do, some team is going to get amazing value. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen. I, I think uh, they're going to get traded individually in the summer. Or maybe one of them stayed. But either way, this team is finally getting blown up. And I am so happy about it. We have something to look forward to. It sucks because uh, as we're going down, my uh, my Cav and Bull friends are currently sitting at the top of the East. And it makes me very sad. But you know what? It, we'll be back. Pacers up. We'll be back. And what I hope for, what I really hope for next year is that we can just get whatever good pick we have. I know a lot of people want Jaden Ivey out of the G League, but I haven't actually done too much draft research. So the only people I really know are him, Chet Holmgren, and a couple other people. So I'm not going to touch too much on the draft, but I just hope whatever pick we get, we make the right decision, and we'll be good to go. And at this point, I think that kind of summarizes everything I've wanted to say for the for the most part. I didn't really have too much to cover. I just wanted to make the first episode. I've been so excited to do this. And now that I got the equipment, I got the setup, I worked around with all the different recording options and actually getting used to this. I think I'm ready to post this. So closing remarks I have. Um, this has been a great NBA season. Uh was it next to tomorrow and also the NFL? I want the NFL tomorrow, the Pro Bowl, and then next Sunday is the Super Bowl. I who do you guys got winning? I have the Bengals winning this. I think it's just too much destiny at this point. I think the NFL scriptwriters are like, fuck it, get the Bengals one. I think they like it, and that's kind of about it. I'll probably have more closing remarks or like a whole different topic on a different episode, but not really this one. Uh, next pod uh, assuming next time we come back to this podcast the trade deadline should be done it should be about all-star break so we should see, see some shake-up and we'll kind of recover what uh we uh test on this episode see how they age and we're gonna have some new topics along there so keep an eye out for that if you enjoyed this podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate it 5 out of 5 same for Spotify, rate it 5 out of 5 so we can go up the algorithm you're watching this on youtube like comment and subscribe 
And if you're listening on any other podcast feed, rate it however you may be, leave a review, and just be on the lookout for the next episode. We upload every Saturday, and I'm excited to keep doing this. And if you want to follow me on any social media, follow me on Instagram, SethIsRez21, on TikTok, ChefSeth, on YouTube, ChefSeth as well, and Twitter, ChefSeth, I kind of have it all the same. I'll probably leave some links in the bio or in the description, and then that's about it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Seth Thorpe, and I'm signing out.